Bill O'Reilly here, Monday, March 8th, 2021. You are listening to the O'Reilly Update. Here's what's happening today in America. Democrats pass another COVID stimulus package. The president signs a vague executive order on voting rights. Minneapolis bracing for the first trial in the killing of George Floyd. Pope Francis visits Iraq. Conservative channel Newsmax loses half its audience. Also ahead, does President Biden understand how far left he has gone? But first, the Senate narrowly approving the $1.9 trillion spending proposal. The plan includes direct payments of $1,400 for millions of Americans and extends unemployment insurance through the summer. Critics say vast sections of the bill have absolutely nothing to do with COVID, and the vote was along party lines. Not one Republican supported the spending measure. President Biden issuing an executive order to expand voting rights. New rules include election education for people in prison, examines possible barriers to citizens with physical disabilities, improves ballot tracking for Americans overseas. There are no direct orders, just suggestions. The Minnesota National Guard deploying to Minneapolis as the city prepares for the trial of Derek Chauvin, former police officer who faces second-degree murder charges in George Floyd's death. Jury selection begins today. Protests are already scheduled in New York City, San Francisco, Portland, Oregon. If the defendant is acquitted and the trial is expected to take two months, major violence is expected. Pope Francis touring the Iraqi city of Mosul. The 84-year-old pontiff visited historic sites, mosques, and buildings destroyed by terrorism and war. Mosul fell to ISIS in 2014, but was liberated by American and Iraqi forces three years later. Said the Pope, quote, how cruel it is that the cradle of civilization should have been afflicted by such barbarism, unquote. Indeed. Ratings for media outlet Newsmax dropping 51% in February. The network's viewership exploded after the election, with Newsmax saying it might have been fixed. But now, the numbers are going down. In a moment, Joe Biden turns left. That after this. Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings, against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD 
to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD or text GOLD to 65532. Time now for the Riley Update message of the day, President Biden's view of America. After six weeks in office, the president has not yet held a press conference, but his spokeswoman promises one at the end of this month. That's nice, as a free country deserves to occasionally hear from the guy running it. There is no question that Mr. Biden appears befuddled at times, but remember, he held his own in two debates with Donald Trump just a few months ago. So it's hard to evaluate the 78-year-old president's mental capacity in any kind of responsible way. Having written the book Killing Reagan, I know about cognitive decline in the White House. After President Reagan was almost killed by an assassin's bullet, he was in and out mentally for a time. Some days, he simply could not do the job, and there was quiet talk among some of his senior staff of exploring the 25th Amendment. That allows for temporary or permanent removal of a president if he or she is unable to function effectively. In the book, we document what happened in Ronald Reagan's first term and how it was kept away from the public. Eventually, President Reagan made a stunning comeback. Today, some anti-Biden pundits believe old Joe is being set up for removal using the 25th Amendment, but I do not see that. The president has been exceedingly accommodating to the progressive movement, so why would the ardent leftists, who control almost all access to Mr. Biden, want him out? At this point, President Biden is supporting the Green New Deal, quasi-open borders, massive pork-laden spending, and higher taxes. This is like a greatest hits album for leftists. So there will be no Joe must go chanting by progressives. No way. Joe must stay because he'll do exactly what they tell him to do. The chief domestic advisor to President Biden is the infamous Susan Rice. She of Benghazi fame when speaking on behalf of the Obama administration, she misled the world about the Libyan terror attack that killed the U.S. ambassador. Ms. Rice is also a major pal of Michelle and Barack Obama. Believe me when I tell you that Susan Rice is the exact opposite of befuddled. She is laser-locked into changing the United States. She wants to impose a paradise of equity where certain groups of Americans get special treatment. Joe B. is absolutely on board with that, even though it's possible he might not understand what it all means. The Biden administration, in my opinion, is not going to end well, but I could be wrong. I don't see perspicacious leadership in the Oval Office. I see a figurehead who may be unable to calculate the consequences of his policies. Does Joe Biden understand Americans are paying a lot more for gas since Inauguration Day? Is he processing the thousands of undocumented foreign nationals, some with COVID, now crossing the southern border? It would stun me if Joe Biden is actually aware that after six weeks, a number of bad things have happened in this country. Maybe he'll be asked about that in his end of March press conference. But knowing the White House press corps, I kind of doubt it. I'm Bill O'Reilly, and I approve that message by writing it. 
In a moment, something you might not know. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Now the O'Reilly Update brings you something you might not know. On this day in 2014, a commercial jet carrying 239 human beings mysteriously vanished over the Indian Ocean. The hunt for the plane would last years and become the most extensive search in aviation history. The tragedy will be remembered as the disappearance of Malaysian Airlines Flight 370. The aircraft took off 40 minutes after midnight from Kuala Lumpur. The journey to Beijing was supposed to take about six hours. The jet sent its last transmission to ground control at 1.07 a.m. Governments in the region began tracking the plane as it veered off course, flying southwest, then northwest, then due south. At 2 a.m., the plane disappeared from radar. A search and rescue effort was immediately launched. For two months, dozens of ships and 400 military flights scanned more than 47,000 square miles for wreckage of the plane. The search officially ended in January 2017 with no clues. Ten months later, debris from Flight 370 washed up on several beaches in the western Indian Ocean. Despite that, the disappearance of the plane still remains a mystery today. Many theories have been put forth. Some believe the plane lost power at 35,000 feet, causing pilots to search for an airport. Others say passengers took the jet down. Records show at least two men boarded Flight 370 using stolen passports. Another theory is that one or both pilots intentionally crashed the plane into the Indian Ocean. Investigators poured through the crew's emails, financial records, and spoke with family members about ties to terror groups or suicidal thoughts. And here's something else you might not know. The crash kicked off a massive Chinese boycott against the country of Malaysia. The majority of passengers on the vanished flight were from Beijing, and the Chinese government blamed the Malays. Tourism to Kuala Lumpur dropped 50% after the jet disappeared. Back after this. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day, and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. Thank you for listening to the O'Reilly Update. I am Bill O'Reilly. No spin, just facts, and always looking out for you.